How's it going tonight, everybody? We are Run the Real featuring Mike, Terry, Fox, and Dan. And we're back with our final pick in the water category of water movies. We're going deep. Yeah. We're going deep this time. What's this movie, Dan? Deep Rising. But will it rise above the rest of these water movies? Hmm. We'll find out. And beware spoilers. There's spoilers in the deep. Don't lurk too. Wait. Never mind. Anyways, yep, there'll be spoilers. <laughs> in so if you're worried about that at all, you know, feel free to watch it first. Or, um, yeah, if you don't care, just listen. It's fine. It's up to you. Your fate's in your hands. It's a choose your own adventure. Yeah, listener. <laughs> it's called agency. Yeah, that's right. That's our call to action to you. Listen or don't. <laughs> <laughs> hopefully listen but tell us about this movie dan what is deep rising deep rising is a group of heavily armed hijackers board a luxury ocean liner in the south pacific ocean to loot it only to do battle with a series of large-sized tentacled man-eating sea creatures who had already invaded the ship. Perfect. Now, anyways, Deep Rising came out in 1998 and was directed and written by Stephen Somers, who also did the Mummy movies. Well, one and two, right? Yeah! Wow. You know, that makes a lot of sense to me. Yeah. You know, I'm going to talk about that too, TV. <laughs> a critic favorite, at least with me anyway. A <laughs> <laughs> Dan favorite. I do love The Mummy. Those are good. This came out a year before The Mummy, actually. And yeah, we're going to talk about it. So what do you guys think about Deep Rising? That's pretty funny that you said The Mummy, because that's exactly what I was going to bring up. This feels just like one of those like 90s action movies, like adventure action movies, like The Mummy or The Mummy 2. It's proto-mummy is what I put in my notes. It's exactly what it is. Our boat captain hero is like the mold for O'Connor. Yeah. It reminded me a lot of Brendan Fraser. So much. <laughs> and it had Kevin J. O'Connor. Ben. I just want to call him Benny. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Man, when I saw him come onto the ship, I was so excited. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, me too. I wrote in my notes, I was like, the dude from the mummy. <laughs> <laughs> Exclamation mark. Apparently his name's Joey Pantucci in this movie. But I don't know any of these guys' names besides Trillion because of the Matrix. Yeah. I guess they just called that guy Tucci the whole time and I was like, who the hell is Joey Panatucci? He was my favorite in this movie. I loved his character. He was funny. I like that he was like, you know, the guy that everybody picks on, but he like he let him have it. He wasn't putting up with it either. <laughs> like that's kind of a fun, you know, like twist on it. Because usually the yeah the nerdy guys like oh and kind of like walks off after he gets picked on. But this guy he's thrown back. So like, what do you think I was talking about you and that kind of stuff? It's funny. Yep, he's used to it, so he's got some bite. He's got an awesome line I wrote down where it's like halfway through the movie when they find out about the captain, how he was going to intentionally sink the ship and whatnot, he's got a line where he's like, we're all going to die because you screwed on, on the math. <laughs> I just love that. 
Yeah, he's great. He's so funny in this. Yeah, he's awesome. Like, I guess speaking of the characters, you know, I was worried I wasn't going to like this movie because, like, the first people we really get to see are, like, the mercenaries, like, in their little area, like, kind of chatting and, like, you know, having the rapport. And I was like, oh, jeez, I I did not like them at all. And I was like, oh, this is going to be so obnoxious if it's just these guys. But then as soon as that hostage scene kicks in, I was like, oh, man, this is actually going to be pretty cool. I like this. Like, they're not the good, you know, they're, the, they're like the villains of this pretty much besides the monsters. Man, you know, I'm glad it wasn't just me that wasn't a big fan of the mercenaries at first. I mean, they were just a little mean for my taste. They were mean. Really? I did not find anything lovable or redeemable about them. <laughs> it was like, man, these guys are bullies. <laughs> yeah, that's what I thought, too. I was like, this, I, like some of these, like, you know, movies with the, the squad that has, like, the kind of mean retorts and stuff. I can usually find something fun about them, but at first I was like, oh, jeez, like, <laughs> these guys are just scumbags, which they still are, but, I mean, they get better. It's interesting comparing this to The Mummy, because I feel like he does a much better job with the Americans in The Mummy than he did with the mercenaries in this one. The Americans are much more interesting, because, yeah, they're they're kind of fighting against each other, but they're still, like... You you like them quite a bit, too, and you don't want anything to happen to them either. I agree, Dan. I think almost all the characters in this movie kind of translate over to some character in The Mummy. Almost exactly. And I feel like he did a much better job in that movie, but I am biased towards that movie, and I've seen that movie a ton, so of course I love it. But this one, it just seemed like they were as expressive as they were in the mummy like the writing wasn't quite there for each character to be super unique and fun i think it was for some of the characters but not everybody like in the mummy everybody is super memorable um but in this one it's just like um kevin j o'connor is pretty memorable treat williams is pretty memorable <laughs> other than that i mean i guess you could argue Fomke, is that how you say her first name Fomke Jansen? I have no idea. Trillion, the thief. Like, y you could argue she's memorable too, but um, not, not as much as the captain and the engineer are, <laughs> for sure. I think the, like, dude in charge of the mercenaries is pretty memorable. Now, which dude was, like, actually in charge of the mercenaries? Because I kept thinking that I had Hanover. their, like... Hanover, okay. It seemed like they had a lot of big personalities in that Merc squad. <laughs> they did. I was always like, who's the alpha here? Which one of you is really in charge? Definitely not flying again. Nope. <laughs> that's what I liked about it. His, like, his entrance when he goes to, yeah, to help Pantucci was really cool. It was an interesting like way to like show his, like, <laughs> I don't ask any questions, but this is still my ship, so you need to lay off. Yeah, that was cool. I I liked I liked Treat Williams in this. He did a pretty good job, which I wasn't expecting. I think. Yeah, I liked him quite a bit. He's really like pessimistic and sarcastic the whole time, but he is able to like get stuff done. Still, it, it reminds me a lot of the captain from Firefly and of um, O'Connell from Mummy too. And I I don't know. I like that 
um, that type of character quite a bit. <laughs> yeah, me too. I love his intro to this movie where he's just like driving the boat playing poker. <laughs> I'm working yeah. hard too, you know. He's like, I'm working hard too. Yeah, and his crewmate is literally out in the storm on the front of the boat repairing stuff. I was like, okay, this is going to be fun when I saw that. I guess there's my next question. What You said there's a multiple tentacle monsters. I kind of got the vibe as like just one big tentacle monster. Is there supposed to be like more than one of these things? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I would assume there is, considering how much ground they cover. Yeah, I guess according to IMDb, there's multiple, but I thought there was only one too, so. That was the impression I got, was just one big one. Speaking of the monster, what do you guys think of this uh, CGI from the 90s? You know, I've definitely seen much worse. Like, I watched Spawn for a little refresher oh. a while back. And, I mean, yeah, it can be so much worse than the CGI in this was. <laughs> that is true. The location helps it a lot, because it's closed spaces and it's dark most of the time, so... That help, that does help it out, but it's it's not the best thing ever either. It's not amazing. It does not hold up quite right. Yeah, it's kind of very dated, but uh, yeah, I gotta, it's the times, I guess, so. I compare it to like, um, well, I don't compare it to, but I was thinking of the last cheesy like CGI we saw in a 90s movie. I think it was Blade. was the last one I saw at least. And so I went digging, and in the trivia, they say they eventually had to bring um, ILM aboard to do the CGI on this, which that's Industrial Light and Magic, if you don't know, which eventually became Pixar. So I thought that was kind of interesting. Yeah, ILM does pretty good work for the most part. This is not their best, that's for sure, but sounds like they were picking up maybe where other people left off, so that could explain it too. I saw that this movie was in post-production for a year because they were trying to figure out how to do all the CGI. Yeah, the original team uh, couldn't figure out the animation, so that's why they brought ILM aboard. And I mean, they do a pretty good job at the beginning, at least for the first like half of like kind of hiding it, I guess, with like the walls are all bending in and like the doors are getting crunched over and stuff without actually getting like a full look at it, so... They do their best to, <laughs> but then they do give you just a full on look of it. When it, then you're like, eh. Yeah, today it looks pretty weird. I guess to their credit, that scene where they do the big reveal of it and have that, uh, they, they all shoot it and that guy drops out of its stomach? Question mark? And he's all like half digested. I was really pretty impressed by that scene. I gotta say, like both the CGI and the practical work in there. I thought melded pretty well, especially for the time. That was a pretty gnarly scene. I do kind of, I don't know, I like how they try to hide the monster for a long time, but it does kind of wear on me after a while. It does feel like it's a really long time before we even like see much of anything of it. I don't know, it might just be me, but I kind of felt like they, they were teasing it for so long, and then, I, don't, I mean, the payoff was what we got, and it's aged not so great, but I think I could have used a little more like tentacle action towards the beginning or something. Yeah, the the sheer amount of setup going on between the Poseidon-esque cruise ship thing and the mercenaries and I guess apparently the captain and his crew are like a whole different subset of things going on and we got not Catwoman slash Alice from Resident Evil running around. 
That whole, yeah, 30, 45 minute setup was, it did drag a bit. Yeah, this is a pretty long movie, and I feel like they could have cut like 20 minutes of this. They should have just started like, cut out all the stuff before they get eaten, keep in all the stuff with with Finnegan and his crew and the Mercs, and then just have them show up and you're like, oh, what happened here? I'd even cut out like the underwater shots of the monster getting on the ship too. Yeah, the beginning felt weird. Like when they're they're showing off like the party and stuff. This might be very nitpicky, but I felt like it felt not well shot, I guess, for like these the party scenes. It was like a weird montage and it was like it felt like they just like had some guy like show up at like some random party and get all this like footage randomly. I don't know. It didn't feel like it was well set up to me. You know, when they have a montage like that, I want to feel like I'm in there in the party. And it just felt like it was almost shot like an outside observer at a party (laughs) to me, at least. I don't know. That's very weird, but. It does seem very disjointed from the rest of the movie. Yeah, like Wolf of Wall Street. (laughs) Yeah, they tried to connect it with with Fomke Jansen walking around, Um, but they, (laughs) they left her out of half of that. Yeah. She should have been like the central character, I feel like. Follow her the whole time, but it's just, yeah. That's a very weird nitpick, I think, but, you know, I noticed it when I was watching it, so. I think <laughs> it would help shave off some of that early runtime. Yeah, we don't need that. We don't need the captain and the, like, founder in that subplot. <laughs> we don't need any of that. Just have one of the mercs get on the boat and um set it up for them to come and rob everything later i agree yeah this is a long movie it feels like it takes a long time to get to the stuff i want to watch it ain't even two hours well for me at least this seemed pretty long like i feel like they could have cut it up quite a bit like we're talking here consolidate it fixed the storylines it seems like it was a draft that just started going with it like what you said dan prototype the mummy because he pretty much took this and then made the mummy using the same formula but it works for the mummy but for this one it didn't work super well for me like it has all the stuff in there that i like like the predator crew um, ocean stuff the sea monster and the light tone but I don't know. For me, I didn't really enjoy watching this movie for too much. I liked watching Kevin J. O'Connor's character the best in this movie. The rest of the people are okay, but... You didn't like the captain? Treat Williams? He was alright. I liked him at times, but sometimes I think he needed to oversell it, you know? Maybe it was just a writing problem. I think he did fine acting it, but I don't think the writing was really there where it was for... O'Connor, O'Connell, I, I can't say these people's names, they're too, they're too close together. I do feel like it would be hard for that guy, he's got some big shoes to fill, I mean, because it is the 90s, so you do actively have Nathan Fillion running around in Firefly, and then the following year you're going to have Brendan Fraser in The Mummy, and I also saw that they originally wanted Harrison Ford for this role, <laughs> like, he, he didn't do it though, so they, yeah... They got this guy, so I I do feel like he was slated to be the B adventure captain from the beginning of production, even. I liked him, though. Yeah, towards the end, he was giving me, like, real Evil Dead vibes, almost, with, like, his 
Almost, he had like the shotgun and stuff. He was giving out like one-liners and stuff, shooting the thing's eyeball. I was like, this kind of reminds me of like Ash from Evil Dead. Yep, that was great. I do think he got overshadowed a little bit because they had too many characters to focus on. But I did like when he was in there. And I think if they would have played him up a little bit more, that would have made it better too. I think if there's anything that I like that he changed about the formula for the mummy, it's the love interest. This trillion gal. I like just do not get her motivations. Like she's supposed to be like this Catwoman-esque con artist thief, right? But I mean like by the time the ship's in disarray, that all gets thrown out the window and we never really hear or see any more of that lifestyle. Like again, like that's just over i guess she steals a gun at one point yeah she got a pistol yeah yeah but that's the only time i could think of and it just felt like a weird character shift like she didn't need to be a ultra well i guess not a very good thief she got caught pretty easily but i don't know yeah i think it's much better in the mummy having her be like the the kind of boring librarian who gets turned on to adventure and kind of grows as a character as opposed to like almost like de-growing as a character as the movie progresses <laughs> yeah that's true she does de-grow in this she just becomes the love interest at the end when she was her own thing before like yeah, yes kinda. that's a much better way to say what i was trying to say <laughs> i i didn't yeah i didn't care for the love stuff at the end either i was like i don't know if you guys really earned like the kiss at the end <laughs> you guys are like you guys fell in love i guess i don't know but they're celebrating life, Terry. They made it out alive. <laughs> I guess so. <laughs> yeah, and apparently they end up on, like, some other island that has a big monster on it. Like, Skull Island or something. What was up with that? <laughs> that's, that's what the trivia said. The trivia on IMDb was, like, that this was going to lead into that uh, a King Kong reboot on that island. But, <laughs> huh? it, but since he was doing The Mummy, they didn't do it, and it went to Peter Jackson when he took it over after Lord of the Rings. Wait, what? He was going to do a King Kong? That's what the IMDb <laughs> trivia says, if you put too much stock in that. It says, the island the survivors became stranded on at the end of the film is more than a simple nod to King Kong and Skull Island. It was intended to be a lead into a King Kong reboot <laughs> that would have been directed by Steven Summers. I don't know. That's crazy. <laughs> Are you saying we could have had Brendan <laughs> Fraser and King Kong? No, we would have had Treat Williams with King Kong. <laughs> oh, no. I guess I'm just hoping they'd replace him with Fraser for the next one. Uh oh. It says it was supposed to be. A response to the poorly received TriStar Godzilla that released the same <laughs> year. So they're going to try and do it a, a better King Kong? I see. Interesting. Man, look at us coming full circle with our last series. Jeez. Yeah. Giant octopus, Skull Island. Wow. That's crazy. I uh, I thought it was just like a giant squid again on that island from what I could tell, like over the treetops. But man, that that's nuts. Yeah, at that point, I was just like, okay, whatever, sure. <laughs> End your movie on that, it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty unexpected. I don't know if I was a huge fan of the ending, you know? 
shouldn't Tucci, whatever his name, you know, O'Connor, shouldn't he be like bummed out that his girlfriend got eaten? He was for like a second. They, they, at least they addressed it a little <laughs> bit. I, I didn't think they would at all. <laughs> and he sells it too, and he has that like sad look in his eye. Oh, but yeah. Then at the end, he's like, "Hey guys, it's me." Oh, you want me to leave? Fine. And Did yeah, I see you pressing lips up here? <laughs> that was so weird. He's just totally healed, all fine. And they're like, no, stay, it's okay. <laughs> it seemed like they didn't know how to end the movie, but that makes sense now that they're tying it into <laughs> what was supposed to be a King Kong reboot. They, they should have just had him go off on the little boat. Yeah, or just like make it to the island and like sit down, or like and then like fade into the sunset or something. Yeah, they they could do that, and then like have have Treat Williams look around and just be like, "Now what?" And then just cut to the credits. <laughs> <laughs> I would be down for Stephen Summers King Kong. Me too. I think he'd do good at that. Be fun, if nothing else. Yeah, I. Speaking of the ending, too, I really enjoyed the um, getting on the jet skis and going through the ship fighting a tentacle monster. That was awesome. <laughs> it was pretty cool. That was such a 90s thing. I feel like all like the like Capri Sun commercials back then had people <laughs> on jet skis. <laughs> and here we have this bright yellow one. Better get some more speed, zooms down the hall, does a little jet ski drift. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he was good at that thing. Sprays you with water, and then it turns into Capri Sun. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I like that jet ski thing, too. That was pretty cool. Him, like, blasting with a shotgun on his back, and re she's, like, helping him reload and stuff. That was a pretty cool set piece, I thought, yeah. Having to get some teamwork involved. It's ex exactly what I wanted when we watched the trailer for this and I picked it. I was like, I want some crazy B-movie fun. And I got it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that trailer was pretty good. <laughs> it was gold. I, I think the movie lived up to it for the most part, too. Yeah, it gave me the vibes I was expecting, which is good. Yeah, there's the, the dialogue in this is pretty good. I think, for a B-movie, for the most part. Yeah, it's pretty witty, I think. Which is great. Steven Summers is real good at writing that kind of dialogue. Everybody gets their quip. It did, like, over-explain things a bit too much for me, though, which was the, the only downside I had with it. Like what, with like the monster, when they're like telling you what they think it is? Is that what you're thinking of? <laughs> yeah, I like that. Some <laughs> random animal nobody's heard of? How did they know about this weird thing? Don't know, but yep, that's what I was talking about. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of weird things and why do they know about that, what was the deal with all the missiles on the boat that they were hauling? They're going to sink it. We just made a really big deal about all the missiles, and then we never, like, you know, we find out that they were going to sink the ship, but man, they never, ever go back to that for making a huge deal about it. They even had, a, like, a hydraulic case that raised the torpedo up out of the case. They used it at the end to blow up the ship, right? Like, they had their little dinky ship run into it with oh, one of the little torpedoes. Right. I was hoping for a bigger payoff with them, like, actually blasting the monster with it or something. Yeah! I was a little let down by the lack of missiles being thrown around. Probably didn't have the money. 
I, I saw that like once Harrison Ford like rejected the offer that they like dropped the budget for this movie by quite a bit. Oh, <laughs> that's a shame. I wonder how big of a success this was. Like, I think it bombed because of Titanic, right? Yep. It released a month after Titanic, I think, which, yeah, which Titanic made an insane amount of money. I'd never heard of this one until you guys found it to watch. <laughs> Me neither. It does seem like a random movie I would ha have seen like several times as a kid with my friends. Like one of my friends might have it like laying around on DVD or VHS or something. But yeah, I never even heard of it at all. So everybody bought Titanic instead. I did have that at my house. <laughs> yeah, we had that too. Oh, God. <laughs> the old double VHS box. <laughs> oh, boy. I remember that. I had four tapes. Four tapes. <laughs> we did not have it, but we rented it <laughs> a few times, I think. Man, that's a great double feature. Watch the Titanic, then watch Deep Rising. Two of your favorite boat movies. Yeah, there you go. Maybe the squid was the one who took down the Titanic after all. They should. Someone should do a supercut. Hmm, what did you guys think of the music? I love me some Jerry Goldsmith. Oh, that was okay. I didn't really like like that first track when the boat's driving in the like stormy seas. <laughs> the, you didn't like the the island music. <laughs> it was weird. Yeah, it had like a it party was. vibe, but also intense vibe <laughs> at the same time. I was not a fan of that, but the rest of it I thought was fine. It, it fit for the characters on there, but it, I will admit it was a little weird. <laughs> I think it was just like the mummy. It did sound like the mummy quite a bit. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if they actually, like, reused some of this score in the mummy. They did collaborate on both these movies, Stephen Sommers and um, Jerry Goldsmith. He also did Leviathan's score, which we ah. talked about. <laughs> I don't really know how much I have for this one. You know, I was watching it, and I was like, man, this is just some good classic 90s fun i was taken aback and surprised and i almost feel bad for being critical of it because i just had <laughs> such a good time unexpectedly watching it i got a little invested and kind of forgot to be like critiquing even <laughs> i guess you know these kind of movies despite you know they may not age so well do kind of hold a special place in my heart you know this and Classic Resident Evil, even Spawn, I mean, Underworld, Blade, all this goofy 90s stuff. Yes, that 90s nostalgia, I like it too. It all has, it's, just, it's an interesting vibe, I don't know, something different. Like trying so hard to be cooler than the 80s. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Not quite getting there though. But Blade is cool, I don't know what you're talking about. Is it cooler than Predator though? His outfit is cooler. I, I don't know about that. Where was the techno music? That's all it was really missing. Like some oh, epic no. like techno beat at the beginning <laughs> or at the end. No trench coats or sunglasses either. The mercenary leader should have had a big old trench coat on with some shades. Hmm, well, do we have anything else? Are we ready for some overall presentation? I think I'm ready. The finale to our water movies. Oh, yeah. Like I said earlier, I should have saved my little puns for the end, but how deep does this movie go? <laughs> Will it rise above our expectations? 
We'll see. We rate these movies on a scale that go from burn it, pass, watch it, or buy it in that order. We're all going to give our little summary, so who knows, but... You know, usually we like to pick randomly who goes first here, but... Uh, oh, do we? You know, I don't know if I've ever told you guys this, but I, I had a, like, a little stint back in the day. I was kind of... Some might call me a, a cat burglar of t- sorts. Um, I'd go, Ooh, you know, infiltrate... You stole cats? <laughs> <laughs> Only once, but... Uh, oh, God. <laughs> no, I infiltrated this party a while back, and uh, they had this really cool safe, and there's some sort of, like... I don't know, like industrial secrets were supposedly hidden in there. I was like, man, I'm going to get some sweet info. I could sell it on the black market. I was so excited. And when I finally got in there, it took a lot of finagling. You know, I was bumping into people, stealing their IDs. And, you know, I was drinking champagne, you know, really mingling my way. Uh, but, yeah, I finally get there. Uh, I open the vault. And inside is just this little card. It says, run the reel on top. I opened it up and it said... Mike goes first. Mm, that's interesting. <laughs> Just cat burgling all this stuff from yep. these people. Interesting. My dark past. I don't bring it up a lot, but, you know. Similar to the start of this movie. <laughs> yes, weirdly. <huh? laughs> Weird. But I can go first here. I feel I'm about to be outed from Run the Reel here, but I did not have a good time watching this movie, actually. What? This thing had a lot of stuff about movies that I kind of like about it, but I don't think this one did a good job bringing it all together. I think he got it right in The Mummy, but this one, he was just like molding the formula. Um, it's a pretty long movie. I feel like some of it could be cut. It's basically B-movie dudes walking around and talking to each other and occasionally shooting a CGI squid, which sounds amazing, but I just didn't vibe with it. I would rather watch The Mummy, I think. Um, But I am glad this movie exists. I didn't completely hate it. It had some funny stuff in it. I really liked Kevin J. O'Connor. But at at the end of this movie, when they just kiss, I just wasn't feeling it. So, pass from Mike. I mean, I'm not going to fault that criticism of the end, I suppose. I wasn't super keen on the end. But you know what? The other 98% of this movie... I was having a blast. And I wasn't necessarily super wowed by the trailer. You know, and even that setup was a little long for me. Like, I was like, how are we going to tie together the Poseidon and the ultra-rich Wolf of Wall Street crew and the mercenaries and Firefly and the Ocean Gang? But man, it all kind of came together and made this very entertaining ultra-nostalgia pot of stew i don't know it's a big it's a melting pot of a lot of genres to me you know there was a little bit of heist a little bit of action a little bit of disaster in there and i think overall it is a proto mummy i mean the dialogue the snappiness even the way that treat delivers his lines kind of feels like the way that brendan fraser is going to do it better (laughs) in the coming film so I, i gotta give this one a watch at minimum it's 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 hard for me not to say bye, but I don't know if I'm going to watch this again. I'm definitely going to go watch The Mummy <laughs> again for the who knows how many times. But yeah, this is, you know, it may not necessarily be in the same ballpark as The Mummy, but I would say it's the same sport. There's a lot worse you could do as a 90s action flick, and this is definitely one of the better ones. Yeah, I went into this and... 
you know, the trailer was pretty cool, I thought, but I was really worried at first. I I didn't really like the mercenary dudes, but the movie manages to kind of like shift gears, and I really was kind of sold on at least like the kind of the main characters, um, at least a couple of them. They're not all amazing by any means, but there's like there's a fun style to this that I really kind of enjoyed, and it's really yeah, that '90s throwback action movie, a la the Mummy, or you know, uh, almost an Evil Dead vibe at times towards the end. Never takes itself too seriously, um, which is good, I think, because it's kind of a a crazy movie, and I think they they do a lot of cool stuff with it. There's some like nitpicks I had with it. There's some weird montages, and I think it is too long. I could I did feel it kind of dragging from time to time, and I think maybe the monster reveal takes a little too long. They keep doing like the same like wall crumpling tricks over and over again, which are cool, but I think it's just you know you see a lot of that in this, so. Um, that's those are really my main issues, and it's not enough to really drag it down too far. Uh, I'll I'll give it a watch. It I liked it, you know. It was good. It reminded me a lot of some other movies I really really like. So I guess it was in the same spirit of those. So I, yeah, good stuff. Yeah, I had a good time watching this as well. Um, it is hard to come up with reasons to watch this over the Mummy. Um, even the setting, like the mummy's setting's much more interesting and the villain's much more interesting than that too. So it, I feel bad about that because I did really enjoy watching this one. Um, but it is like so much of this gets reused um, in the mummy that it, it makes it hard to, I don't know, let it stand on its own merits since... Stephen Summers proved that he could do it even better in that movie than this. That being said, though, I did really enjoy watching this. Um, it has a lot of <laughs> really funny stuff in it that they can't do in The Mummy because this one's rated R and The Mummy's PG-13. So that adds to a lot of neat locations, like with all the drained corpses and stuff. Um some nice blood and gore effects too in there and some uh some humor too which they couldn't really do in the mummy so i guess that would be a good a good reason to watch this if you're interested in what <laughs> the mummy would look like rated r then this one would be a pretty good bet but yeah i did really like it the dialogue was witty and funny i really like treat williams and um, O'Connor in this one, um, they both did a really good job. Everybody else was just fine, but those two really stood out. And I think they needed to to make this movie work. So it was good. I had a good time watching it. So I'm going to give it a watch as well. Well, there you have it. I was not outed from the group. <laughs> <laughs> not yet, anyways. Not yet. Next episode. <laughs> Someone else comes on doing the intro. <laughs> <laughs> Who's going to get voted off the island today? Oh, yeah, only three survived the end of this movie, Mike, so I'd be careful. <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, but I get it. Yeah, I get your point. I, did, I felt some slog in a little bit of this movie, too, and it was just kind of... Some points I was more connected than others, for sure. But uh, for next week, uh, we're actually going to be taking a brief break. Um you know, just a, a couple weeks or so off just to kind of refresh our summer vacation, if you will. When we come back, we're going to do a new category. And we're going to talk about J-horror, Japanese horror movies. An interesting uh, category name. We'll have to discuss it. Like, 
That seems like I don't know. It'll be interesting. There's some stuff we can discuss, and I am picking the first movie. It's going to be uh, Uzumaki. It's an adaptation of a famous Junji Ito manga. So I'm excited. Oh yeah, I just recently finished reading this manga. It's amazing. I loved it. It's so cool. Yeah, I'm very excited to see how they do this in live action. Um, I had this book that I've been reading. And it has all these like Japanese horror movies in it. And this one has been mentioned several times, but I can't, <laughs> I could never find it anywhere. But the other day I got the notification and I was like, you can stream this on Amazon. And I was like, oh, well, well, well. Get it before it's gone. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that's what we're doing next. So stay tuned. We will return. Yeah. With horror. Yeah, what a twist. <laughs> I do like J-horror. It's very different than American horror movies, so that's awesome. In the meantime, if any of your listeners out there want to get in contact with us, you want to tell us your thoughts about Deep Rising, uh, you can find us on Facebook or Twitter at Run the Real, or you can email us at runtherealpodcast at gmail.com. Let us know your thoughts about Deep Rising, about what you liked, what you don't like. Is it one of your favorite water movies? Is it not? I want to know. Did you see it? <laughs> yeah, have you heard of it? <laughs> but yeah, I'm curious. And if, in the meantime, yeah, we're taking a hiatus. If you want to send us any uh, J-horror recommendations or something, I'd be curious to see what you guys have up your sleeves. So let us know. Yeah, hit us up. Tell us what movies you're watching, too. Just anything. We'd love to hear from you. Anyways, thanks for listening to us tonight. We really appreciate it. This is Run The Real, signing off. Mm-hmm.